0: This episode of the Two Savage for Democrats podcast is brought to you by the Patreon. That's right. We have an exclusive Patreon for those of you who are interested in helping support the show. You get access to a private Discord server with all of the other Patreons. You get access to the live streamed podcast while we record, the full video podcast, gaming sessions, giveaways, a bunch of other awesome stuff as well. So go to patreon.com slash Pod to join. Thank you guys so much for supporting the show. Now, enjoy the show. Attention. The Two Savage for Democrats podcast contains offensive content, dark humor, and is not suitable for liberals or mild-mannered children. For legal purposes, everything we say is satire. Alright, what is going on ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of the Two Savage for Democrats podcast. This is episode number 105. Sands producer Steve again. Uh, he has been working a lot of hours. He will be back on the show. He's not gone. He's going to be back. Uh, but he has missed the past couple of shows. But it's okay. We'll, we'll power through without him while he's not here. Now, I have a couple things to say. We obviously have a packed show today. We're going to b- talk about the situation in Texas. What caused it? Getting into the truth of that. Uh, Rush Limbaugh obviously passing away. We're going to talk a little bit about him. And I think this actually will have a bigger impact on conservative culture than a lot of people think. We're going to get into that as well. A lot of other topics to get to. A lot of interesting stuff um, coming up on the show. I mean, the topic... Folder is packed for today's show. But I want to start and just just say something really quick. And I just have to get this out of the way at the beginning. Otherwise, I will forget. Um, and that is that we that we've had a couple of people who joined the Patreon this week. And we thank you for joining. We appreciate it. Patreon.com slash TSFD But you join the Patreon. Um, and when you join, if you want to get access, everything we do is given through our Discord server. So the access to the Patreon only episodes, calls, gaming, like everything is through the Patreon only discord server and the way you do that is if you join the patreon producer steve reaches out to you and sends you a link to join the discord and then from there he gets you into the thing so some of you guys who joined the patreon uh didn't check your messages on patreon so check your message on patreon um because we're not going to send you the information we can't we, we just can't send it to every single one of the patreon so check your uh message box or inbox or whatever on patreon Click the link, join the Discord, and you get access to all of the information on there. I know it's kind of complicated. I know it's a pain. It's like multi-step. I hate things that are multi-step, but, you know, it's just kind of we have to do it. Um, so, yeah, anyway. And it also creates, like, a good a good situation just in case we ever get deleted. You know what I mean? We have an area where we can, um, you know, we have all the people who, like, really support the show just there. And I can send out what we're doing next and everything like that. So that's just kind of my my safeguard situation like that. But anyway, let's, let's get into the Texas situation. So Texas has been having some issues. I mean, if you guys have been paying attention to the news, Texas, they basically are having mass power outages. Uh, they had like a once in a, I mean, in just so long winter storm that there was snow, there was ice. Um, and I joked on, and I actually got a little bit of pushback. I didn't think I would get that much pushback for this. I thought it was just a joke, but I got quite a bit of pushback. I said, You know, people in Texas are really out here complaining about dealing with a few days of weather that us in the Midwest deal with for months. (laughs) And I thought that was funny because it's true. Like, you know what I mean? I saw some people, some of the people that I follow in Texas were like, I have to, you know, we're, I mean, we're dealing, it's 10 degrees outside. I can't, I don't even know what's going on. And we're sitting up here and it was like a negative, you know, 24 wind chill. And then now today, I mean, and just to put it in perspective, it was so cold here that today it was the temperature that it was in Texas and I'm literally just wearing a hoodie. And it felt like it was hot. Like I walked outside and I go, wow, it's hot out. Uh, it actually wasn't. It's still below freezing and then pretty cold. But I do get it. Like I, I do sympathize with the people who have no power during these frigid temperatures. And I have to sit there, and it sucks. And, you know, actually the person who put this into perspective, I think the best out of anybody uh, was Dan Crenshaw. Dan Crenshaw did a, and we're going to get into this right now. He did like a Twitter thread uh, going over exactly what was going on in Texas and why all this happened, because it's kind of a multi-step thing. I mean, the right's coming out and they're saying, oh, this is all because of um, this is all because of green energy, right? This is 100% green energy. This is why we can't have green energy. It's bad. It's horrible. It's awful. And then the left is coming out and saying, no, 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 it has to do with fossil fuels. And and we're not investing enough into green energy. And if we invested more, we would have had a better situation. Um, and, and from what I've read, it's kind of a mixture of the two. I mean, everything kind of failed. Like Like, Texas was not set up for massive snowstorms and freezing temperatures. Because that usually doesn't happen in the winter, right? In the winter, Texas is pretty mild. They have pretty mild winters. Uh, I mean, it's not like Florida or California, but they have pretty mild winters, and so they're not really dealing with all of this stuff. Um, So they weren't they weren't exactly prepared for a situation like this. It's kind of like Florida, right? If Florida were to be hit by uh, like a blizzard, they wouldn't be prepared for it because they're you know they live in like tropical weather conditions. So by the way, I would love to live in tropical weather conditions right now, but you know, this is, um they're just not prepared for that. And we have had, I mean, I, I know where, where I live. I live in Kansas. We have had, like, record lows over the past 30. I mean, we haven't had, what we're having right now hasn't happened in, like, 30 years in terms of cold. I mean, it was so cold. My battery died to my car, right? Of course. It has to happen on the day it was, like, negative 12. And so, of course, my battery dies. Can't start my car. I'm sitting there, I'm just like, trying it over and over again. I have to go to fucking advanced auto parts and buy a new battery and then I have to change the battery to my car outside and it was literally colder than a bronze toilet seat on the shady side of an iceberg. I mean, it was freezing. I just dropped my pen. Give me one second. Need that? I don't know why I need it, but I need it. Um, yeah, it was freezing. I mean, I I literally, and I was sitting there and I couldn't do it with my gloves on. Like, I had to do it and so I'm like, like, it was just so cold. It was brutal. Not fun uh, to change a battery in The frigid temperatures, but we did it. We got it done. And now now I don't have to worry about it anymore. Like I was going outside and like starting my car. Anyway, we're digressing. Let's get on to the Texas situation. And by the way, you know, I think there is a little bit of like when it's super cold outside, I think there's a little bit of like mental toughness that you get from. I, I don't know what it is. I feel like people who live in these super nice areas like California or Florida, you know, where they never have to deal with the cold. I feel like us, like the one thing that comes out of these cold temperatures, the one thing that we can say that comes out of this is that we have a little bit more mental toughness. You know what I mean? Now, they would disagree vehemently. But I do think it does give us a little bit of mental toughness. Because if you think about it, like, if it's like 50 degrees in California, people are walking around in parkas, you know? And and, and in the Midwest and in, in frigid areas, uh, we are walking around not in parkas when it's like below freezing outside. Like we're just, we don't deal with any of that. Um, and so I I do think it gives you a little bit of a leg up. You know what I mean? I don't know. I like to think of that. At least, at least it gives me kind of like, that's what I think that that that's really what gets me through the cold temperatures is, you know, when I'm, when i when I'm outside and I'm just like so cold in my head, I'm like, this is like giving me a leg up on people who don't have to deal with this. Now, would I much rather be in their shoes right now? Of course. But they're gonna be in for more of a shock. Like I have a buddy who lives in California. I've had him on the podcast Gavin, right? He's come on the podcast before. Um he when he was here last time was like eight degrees, right? And I mean he was just freezing because he's from California and he's blessed with the with the warm weather. Um but I don't know. I've always I've always not minded it much, but this year has really thrown me off. But let's get into the Texas thing. I know we are way off topic, but that's what we do on this podcast. It's like the, the you know, digressing podcast. Anyway. Uh, all right. So Dan Crenshaw did it. He listed a, it was like a numbered list of reasons why this happened. And I, and I want to read off those. So number one were the frozen wind turbines. So that did play a role. A lot of people were saying it was just the frozen wind turbines. They weren't working, everything like that. He said, West Texas had wind turbines that had to be de-iced the little energy power that regulators planned on being supplied from the wind was now gone. We have almost 31 gigawatts of wind installed on the grid, but on Monday we couldn't even depend on 6 gigawatts working. And then he continues and says, To make matters worse, existing storage of wind energy and batteries was also gone because the batteries were losing 60% of their energy in the cold. Bottom line, renewables don't work well in extreme weather and never will and I, and i think that's true right like and I, and i think that's kind of that way about about everything like super extreme weather you really can just never rely on power right i mean if there's a bad thunderstorm outside your power goes out right it's just one of those situations where and especially renewable energy um if situations get bad you lose power. I, I I think the the bottom line from this, and we're gonna continue with the list because this is super interesting and I think people people need to know what's going on. And I think we can learn from this so this doesn't happen in the future because a lot of people are left without power. But you need to be prepared for this to happen. You can't rely I don't know why this is there. You can't rely solely on like the government to give you so if you have to have like extra bottles... because I know a lot of people's pipes are freezing. I know in Texas in some parts they were shutting off water, which was insane to me. So if you can have like bottles of water or you know wood for your fire like whatever you need to have that's going to be able to keep you warm keep you hydrated you know MREs so you can eat like whatever it is that you need to do that's i mean that just needs to happen like you you need to be prepared for this on your own like this this is ta- and I've never been you know the kind of person that like would would want to rely- like I don't want to rely on the people that have to go repair the outage I don't want to rely on the people on the government If my power, I want to be able to help. I don't want to just sit here helplessly like that's especially when it's freezing outside and you could literally die. I don't think relying on other people to fix your situation is the best thing. So I think that's the biggest lesson to be learned here because we, you know, I I was kind of joking about the Midwest thing, but we do deal with this a lot. We deal with massive amounts of snow. We deal with power outages, you know, tornado alley um, and all that. So, I mean, we, we do have experience dealing with this kind of thing. And, And that's really what I've learned through the years is that you just have to be prepared On your own, because there is going to come a time where you know your power goes out, it's cold, it's gonna be a bad situation. Nothing happens at a good time. It's never sunny, 75 degrees outside, and then your power goes out, and you're like, well, I guess I'll just go chill outside. Like that never happens. It's always fucking massive thunderstorms, snowstorm, freezing temperatures, like whatever. Always happens at the worst time. All right, number two. Nuclear also got too cold. We only have four nuclear units in Texas near Houston and Dallas. One of the reactors near Houston turned off due to a safety sensor freezing. No problem with the reactor, but the lack of the sensor forced the plant to shut down as a precaution. And then he said in another note, this shows how safe nuclear is lots of safety precautions. And that's true. And I think, I think as a country we don't, and I do want to talk about this more on another episode of the podcast, but I think as a country, we need to move more towards nuclear energy and away from what we're doing. Like, like, Renewable, like like wind turbines, solar panels, like we've talked about all that on the show. I just don't think, like it's storing energy that's the biggest problem with that, right? Uh, especially with the solar energy. Nuclear is, is cl- safe. It's clean. I know there's been a lot of incidents like Chernobyl and things. I, by the way, if you haven't watched the Chernobyl documentary on Netflix, I highly, highly recommend it. Phenomenal. It's not even a document, It's like a docu-series, and I love it. It's a- it's not on Netflix. It's on HBO. I think I might have said that. I don't remember what I said. But HBO, check it out. It's so good. But you see things like that, and you go, oh, my God, Like nuclear, it's bad. It's horrible. It's actually very clean, very safe. If you look into it and do research, you find that it's very clean and very safe. And I think we should move more towards that. We just have to kind of change the narrative as a country to move in that direction. Because right now, a lot of people are against it. I, I would imagine if you were to pull... A majority of the country, they would be against it. All right, number three, we don't have enough natural gas online. ERCOT uh, planned 67 gigawatts from natural gas and coal, but could only get. So I'm getting a uh, message here, but could only get 43 gigawatts of it online. We didn't run out of natural gas, but we lost the ability to get it transported. Pipelines in Texas don't use cold insulation, so they froze. And again, that's another situation. Where they just weren't prepared. It was just underprepared. And that's and that that, that feels like kind of the situation around the, is It's just nobody was prepared in Texas for this kind of thing to happen. And so it happened. Because when you're not prepared for something, guess what happens? The thing you're not prepared. It's never like if you're super prepared for something, even if what you're prepared for happens, it doesn't seem as bad because you're prepared for it, right? If you're not prepared for something, it's like 100% going to happen and then you're fucked because you're not prepared, and it happened. So if you're worried about something happening, that the, the the if you get one thing out of this entire rant that I'm going on it's just prepare, 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 because you have to be prepared for things like this to happen. Um. Anyway, he just he goes on, but those those were the three primary reasons why everything shut down in Texas. So I hope I hope that kind of puts in perspective for people listening to the show. Who are maybe confused on on why there were power outages, why everything was going on in Texas, and I hope things start to to get better soon. I have I have seen reports that, that people are gaining power. I've been I've been looking at uh, at Twitter, like the the you know politicians, the Texas politicians in Twitter, and they're they're saying that things are coming back up, houses are gaining power. I know there's some people that still have power, uh, but this is just a situation I think we need to learn from, and again, we need to be prepared. So when Biden was running for office, one of the biggest narratives coming from the right that was pushed as a as kind of a right-wing conspiracy theory was that kamala harris was going to be running the show right biden i mean look if you like biden great i'm not even going to attack like if you support biden if you like biden that's cool like you know whatever but let's just all admit he's completely lost it he's senile he's losing it he's old all right this is what happens when you're old i don't understand why people are fighting this the dude is old obviously, he's losing his just fucking cognitive ability. It just happens when you get old. It's just happening at a rapid pace in front of our eyes, and we've elected him as president of the United States. I didn't think that was the best idea, but here we are, whatever. But we were saying, you know, he picked Kamala Harris. Nobody could really understand why, because she was literally the most unliked candidate outside of, like, Marianne Williamson. Running for office in 2020 as the Democrat. Like nobody liked her. So nobody really understood why she was like she was picked as VP. That seemed like a horrible decision. I guess people just disliked Trump more. Um, and the, and I think the COVID, we've, we've talked about all this. We don't need to get into it. But everybody was saying, including myself, that Kamala Harris was going to be running the show. I'm not 100% behind the controversy that she's going to take over. I mean, she could. Right? She could take over. She could become president of the United States. I, Biden has said he's only going to serve one term. So he's not going to be running, according to him, in 2024. Now, that might change. We know people say, I'm not running, and then they end up running. But we know that Biden's not running in 2024, according to what he's said himself. I mean, he's old, and he's losing it. and He knows he's losing it. We know he's losing it. Everybody knows he's losing it. Um, So he's not going to be running. So I think Kamala's going to run in 2024 as the, the head of the ticket instead of Biden. But... She's, but one of the biggest things she's going to be running the show. And the left said, "This is a, this is a, a conspiracy theory being peddled by the QAnon supporters on the right." Now, first of all, I don't even support QAnon, and I, I don't really know that many people who support QAnon. I would agree QAnon's stupid. I've been saying it for years, and I'm glad that I have been vindicated in that claim because it turned out it was a fucking ruse. Um, but yeah, no. So this article pops up, and this is just something that we know about. Kamala Harris, this is from the New York Post, but it, not just from the New York Post, everybody's reporting this. I just picked the New York Post article. Kamala Harris takes foreign calls on behalf of President Biden. Now let me take the uh, sunglasses off as I read this article, because I can't see without it. Vice President Kamala Harris on Monday held her second call with a foreign leader, speaking with French French President Emmanuel Macron. After a talk earlier this month with Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, as well as with World Health Organization Director General Dr. Tedros, and I just, I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name. I'm just not going to do it, because it's, 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 anyway, she talked to him in January. Uh, The calls boost the Vice President's role in diplomacy. Former Vice President Mike Pence uh, occasionally spoke directly by phone with foreign leaders, but that role generally was performed by former President Donald Trump, especially last year. A review of press notices from Pence's final year's office reveals no readouts of direct calls with the leaders of foreign nations. Harris expressed to Macron her commitment to strengthening bilateral ties between the United States and France. Um, we know all this. But th- this, I think, this is... I, I Look... Again, if you support Biden, that's fine. I'm not here to attack. I I mean, obviously, I don't agree with you, but this segment isn't for me to attack you for supporting Joe Biden. But I will say, can we just all admit this is her? I mean, she is running everything. This man's Joe Biden is just he's completely lost it. He's gone like in his head. Like he's 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 not there. And we can all see that she's running the show. This is just the first step of that. This is all that's come out at first. If she's going to be the president in 2024 or run for president in 2024, it's going to be really interesting. By the way, now that Trump has been acquitted, which we'll get into, uh, who runs on the Republican ticket? But this is her. She's running the show. This is she's talking to foreign leaders on behalf of Vice President, or I mean, of President Biden. What else is she doing? You know, I'm, like, I'm not trying to start controversy. I'm not trying to. I mean, I mean, um, conspiracy theories. I just think it's it's questionable that she's taking these calls, you know? I, and again, I'm not necessarily against it. Like, if she's going to be at the helm, at least just come out and say, I'm at the helm. That's all that she needs to do. She needs to just come out and say, hey, I'm taking the calls. I'm doing his shit. Biden just comes out and gives speeches. That's really all he does. That would be fine. Okay, that would be one of the... I don't think anybody's going to get mad. We're just all going to kind of be like, I knew it, and then we're going to move on from that. It's the fact that, that like it's kind of behind the scenes and creepy and then information's slowly gonna start filtering out. I mean we knew it. We knew she was like this is not a shock to anybody who pays attention to politics at all. If you've watched a Joe Biden speech, you know that Kamala Harris is gonna is gonna be running things. you know My favorite part about the whole, by the way, before we move on to the next topic, Joe Biden, like this, it was circulating on the news that, uh, that Joe Biden won in Mario Kart. I don't know if you saw that, but he, he won big in Mario Kart. And, and Donald Trump Jr. tweeted and was like, why is Joe Biden playing Mario Kart when tens of thousands of Americans are dying of COVID-19? And he was like, am I doing this right? And I laughed so hard because that's exactly what they did with Trump. Like, why is Trump golfing? You know, Trump gets two scoops of ice cream. Everybody else gets one scoop of ice cream. You know, Trump uh, fucking, you know, and it's like Biden plays Mario. If Trump had played Mario, could you imagine if Trump had played Mario Kart, how the media would react to Trump? play? I mean, it would be just, it would be insane. But Biden plays Mario Kart and everything's okay. Um, but yeah, anyway, moving on to the next topic. I just think it's interesting. Kamala Harris taking the calls. Comment down below if you're listening to this podcast or watching it on YouTube, Dylan's Daily Show. The majority of our listeners are obviously audio. But if you're watching on YouTube, Dylan's Daily Show, comment down below. Is this all Kamala Harris is doing? Is Biden running the show? She just happens to be taking the foreign calls? Or is this kind of like a, you know, this is just like, this is all we know about, but she's doing a lot more. Let me know in the comments down below. Uh, I'm interested to hear your guys' thoughts. All right, I do want to talk uh, briefly here about the passing of Rush Limbaugh conservative radio talk show host I would argue one of the most influential in the conservative culture and in culture in general I mean he was number one he had tens of mil I mean people don't understand the impact that this guy had I mean he had tens of millions of listeners uh you know he's such a such a wide base and and obviously it's sad that he's gone you know, I didn't really listen to his show ever. I don't really listen to a lot of people's shows, but I didn't listen to Rush Limbaugh's show. Nothing against Rush Limbaugh; I just didn't really listen to the show. Um, but now that he's gone, the the biggest question I think we're we're left with here is who's going to fill that void in the conservative movement? Who's going to fill the void of Rush Limbaugh now that he's dead? Uh, we, you know, who's going to be able to attract tens of millions of people? Like, you know, we have Michael Savage, we have Mark Levin, all of these other people that do things like this, but who's going to be able to fill the void that Rush Limbaugh filled? I, I I, can't see anybody else stepping up and doing that right now. And I think that's an important void to fill. I mean, he kind of filled that just normy conservative, like he hit the base perfectly. It was like, this is what we're like Rush Limbaugh, like there's different. There's a spectrum on the right, you know, and on the left, but there's a spectrum on the right. And the largest majority of people, like we call them normie cons, normie conservatives, just straight up, like, I'm a conservative. I read meat. Trump is amazing. Could do no wrong in this. And they're just like standard issue. I want my guns. I want my God. I want my family. And I want my traditional, you know, what I mean, just like the state, like, like the, the conservative that the left thinks that we all are that's where the majority of them are. Now, it's not where we all are, but it's where the majority of them are. And I think Rush Limbaugh tapped into that perfectly. He reached that audience perfectly. And that's difficult because I think now like the right is more I don't want to say we're more divided, but I think we're kind of in the middle of an identity crisis because we we and I said this before with Like, when Trump was president, I said, we're latching our identity onto Trump too strongly. Like, we're latching onto Trump. We're making Trump the conservative movement. We're making Trump everything. And when Trump's gone, we're going to have some identity crisis. And I think we are going through that right now. And you've got different organizations, different people who are kind of influential within the movement. Like, you've got Turning Point, you know, other organizations like that. And some people hate Turning points. some people like Turning points. some people, you know, and so people are all over the place. They don't really know where to go because we have no identity. Our movement has no, there are some people who are traditionally conservative, there are some people who are, you know, socially liberal, and they're, you know, they're more libertarian, and then they think that's how we're going go to go the party, there are people who think we have to be, tra- like, it, it's just a complete mix. Rush Limbaugh was the tape around the normie conservative group and that was holding that and that was holding that particular group together people that listen to him people that could agree with him now we really have nothing i mean trump is gone we have an identity crisis we need to figure out what we're going to do and i've been talking about this for a while on the show is that we need to be moving on from trump and i've said that and trump was acquitted recently and i think that you know he hinted at the at a future of the maga movement and a lot of people assume that he's going to run in 2024 i don't think that's a good idea if we want to grow the movement, if we want, we need to find an identity. We can't go back to the Trump thing. I'm not saying Trump was bad, nothing against Trump, but I don't think we can go back to the Trump thing. I think Trump served his role. I think he did a good job. I think, you know, he was there, but we need to move on to something new. We need to form an identity for the party. That's the number one priority here. The number one priority isn't, well, let's get Trump back in office and like wreck the libtards epic style. It's, we need to find an identity. We need to return to traditional conservative values we need to appeal to the base that Rush Limbaugh tapped into. I'm just curious to see who's going to take over for that. Who's going to tap into that base? Who's going to take over and be that kind of driving force? Because everybody knew who Rush Limbaugh was. You were right. You were left. You know. You didn't listen to him. You did. like Everybody knew who he was. Everybody knew his message. Everybody knew what he stood for. I knew about him since I was a kid. You know what I mean? I'm a kid, and, and like I would be in the car with my grandpa, and he would be like, Rush Limbaugh would be on the radio. I mean, it was just, he was all over the place. So it's going to be interesting to see um, who fills that void. I'm actually interested in that. And then, obviously, the Trump acquitted situation um, as well. So I have, I have a funny story here that I want to get to, and then I have to get into the Patreon-only deep topic section of the podcast, which we haven't done the past couple of weeks but we're back at it now. Um, obviously, if you remember the Patreon, there's a section of the Discord called Deep Topics, and you can you can recommend you can put deep topics in there. We throw on the deep topic sunglasses. If you're watching on YouTube, Dylan's Daily Show, you can see the deep topic sunglasses right now. They are currently not on my face because I'm not in deep topic, but uh, they will be here in a minute because we are getting into it. But I want to get into this story that I think is funny. Then it's just like a quick little thing. An ammo manufacturer, ref, manufacturer, if I can say the word correctly, we can continue with the story, refuses to sell to anyone who voted for Biden. So this is in Michigan. Let me take this off. An ammunition, uh, Fenix Ammunition, a family-owned ammunition producer based in Michigan has enacted a policy of not selling to Biden voters. When a shopper visits Fennec's website, a pop-up prevents the would-be buyer from accessing the site unless they answer no to the question, (laughs) did you vote for Joe Biden? A yes answer directs a shopper to a Biden's so-called gun safety page on his platform website. That is epic. That is epic. Um, In order to prevent undesired customers from purchasing their products, Fennec, Fennec's has also reportedly placed a questionnaire into the purchasing step that asks whether the buyer voted for Joe Biden in the 2020 presidential election. Now, obviously this is easy to get around. Um, it's funny, but uh, you know, whatever I just, I, and I do think it's good publicity and I don't, I don't think a, sorry, I had to cut out on the show. I got to put that in. Um, I don't think a Joe Biden voter is really going to be like keen on buying ammunition right now. So, I think they're probably good on that. So let's get to the deep topic section of the podcast. I got to figure out where we were before. Um, Here we go. Uh, Okay, here we go. All right. Deep topic shades going on. We're going to the deep topic on the podcast. Let's do it. All right. This one comes from Connor. My geography professor said GDP is useless. What are your thoughts? Um, I, I think that like focusing directly on the economy isn't what we should primarily be focusing. I mean, that's one of the things Trump did as president is he was like strictly economic. It was like, Oh, the, the fricking stock markets exploding. And then meanwhile, anxiety, depression, all these issues are like skyrocketing. People are out of work, COVID, everything like that. And it's oh, but there's a stock market. You know what I mean? I a healthy country is is cultural, it's economical, it's like a mix of a lot of things. Primarily focusing on the GDP isn't the only thing, although I do think it's important. It is important in a lot of aspects. I don't think it's useless, I disagree with you, professor, but it's not the only thing we should be focusing on. Alright, this is from Armony, the OG Jew. Uh, deep topic, Deshaun Watson will be the MVP next year. It depends on what team he goes to, it really does. I mean, I, I've heard recently the Panthers are planning on going all in on him. Uh, if the Panthers go all in, um, I think that could be that. Could, I mean, again, they're they're going to give up uh, McCaffrey. I I just don't know like who they have on the like you know. But he did a lot in, in on the Texans. I mean, he put up amazing numbers, and I think people slept on it because they were like four and eleven. But he put up amazing numbers with with not the best receiving core um, in the league or weapons or anything like that. Uh, But it's going to be interesting to see where he goes. I, as a Broncos fan, hope he goes to Denver, but I don't think he's going to end up going to Denver. They literally are so bad when it comes to quarterbacks, and for some reason, I can't figure it out. If somebody could explain it to me, I would love to know why in the name of the Lord they want to stick with Drew Locke. Why would you want to stick with Drew Locke? Now, I know he's horse cock Locke. Like, we get all that, but I don't know why you'd want to stick with Drew Locke. I don't understand it. All right, next one. But no, to answer your question, Armony, it just really depends on what team he goes to. Um, what the heck? All right, here we go. Um, hold on. I'm, I'm way down. Uh, deep topic. Republicans won't hold the house or Senate for at least eight years. And even if they do, they don't deserve it. Uh, I agree with that. I think that, look, I I think we have a chance to get some things back, but we fucked up. We really did. I mean, the Republic, not we as supporters, The Republican politicians fucked up by not representing their core base. That's something, and I've been saying that for a long time. They weren't appealing to the base. They were moving in a direction that was away from the base. They were attacking Trump the entire time he was president, and he was kind of like the, as I said, the identity for the conservative movement at that time. They made a lot of mistakes, and I think that's why they've been taking so many L's. So I wouldn't be surprised if it was a while before Republicans took power again. It depends how badly the Democrats fuck up. I mean, that's really why, you know... The next side, because it's like the pendulum swing, but it's because when a side has, here's the, the everyone's talking about the pendulum swings. The reason the pendulum swings is because when a party has power, they don't do shit. Literally the pendulum would stop swinging if the, like, let's say Republicans win and gain control of everything and they're actually effective and get things done. The pendulum will not swing back. The, the reason it keeps swinging back and forth is because people, politicians don't do shit. They promise stuff, they get in, they let the voters down, they lose some of the voting base, it inspires the fucking other side to come out and vote, and that's why they lose. And ha- I mean, this is simple, this is the basis of politics. If I had to describe somebody who knows nothing about politics, and they would say, you know, why do Republicans and Democrats go back and forth so much, I would say, because they don't get shit done. That is that is literally the reason why. All right, next one. Um, deep topic is from Garen. The Patriot Party will actually just become the new Republican Party. Um, we'll see what happens. Again, I think we need a new identity. I think the Republican Party, the way it's set up right now, isn't good. Um, and so we'll see what happens. But I, I would not be... I don't know if it's going to be the Patriot Party, like the Trump kind of movement thing, but... I think we need just to return to traditional conservative values, and that can be the identity for our party. I don't even think we need to rebrand and change the name of anything. I just think we need to return to traditional conservative values. Our politicians have to start representing what the people want, and I think that's how we win. I don't think... You know, we, we don't have to become the Patriot but Like, I get what you're saying, but we don't have to become the Patriot Party for that to happen. All right, next one. Uh, deep topic this is from Jensen. I am pro-banning gay marriage. Um... I mean, again, I think it's a moot point because it's already happened. So whether you were in favor of it or against it, like it's already here. Uh, My biggest issue with is is about sexualization. I don't really like personally, I don't care if people are gay, right? I'm not as a Christian, right? I don't, I'm not, I don't support the lifestyle, but at the same time, like if you're going to be gay, like that's, that's your decision. Just like anybody doing anything I don't support, that's completely fine. And I'm not a perfect Christian either. God knows. So I really have no room to talk. But uh, I would say I, the the sexualization is the biggest issue. I wish that you could open Snapchat without being like, how to know if you're a fucking tranny? You know, it's like nobody cares. You're trying to indoctrinate people. It's so obvious. It's cringe. Just stop it and move on. Um and, and it's just really the over-sexualization. Like, the fact that you have to shove it down people's throats. And don't even do it with straight stuff, either. Just Let's just stop sexualizing society. I think that would solve a lot of our problems. If you want to have sex with whoever you want to have sex with, do it. Just do it in the fucking bedroom and leave it in the fucking bedroom. Like, don't bring it out. We, there's no need for it to be out. It, it, it's just it's useless. Um... Diversity quotas and protected classes are racist. This is from Benjamin L. I do agree with you, Benjamin. I do think they're racist. You should you should pick somebody for a job based on their qualifications for the job. You should pick somebody to go to school based on their qualifications to go to that school, not based on race. I agree 100%. Uh, this one's from Jacob. Making federal laws is atrocious. I shouldn't have to be following the same set of rules as someone living in Louisiana. Um... Yeah, I agree with you. And I think I think that people have the, the the biggest thing I think people have mixed up is that the majority of the changes in your life come from your local politicians, not from the federal government. The majority of things. Like your local government will dictate what you, how your life is managed more than the federal government. So I think it's actually really important to vote down ballot, make sure you get good people on the the local and state level because those are the people that are going to impact your life the most, your life the most. But I agree with you. I think our country is so different. I think the people in California are drastically different than the people in New York who are drastically different than the people in Texas who are in Florida and the Kansas and blah, 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 blah. Everybody's different. This is why I've promoted the base region plan, which we've got into, gotten into numerous times in the podcast. But uh, I agree with you. I think, you know, the federal level, you really can't when you have a culturally different country like this. If we lived in some like ethno-nationalist, you know, everybody's the same culture country, then you could maybe do that. But it's just it makes no sense here because no matter what you do, fifty percent of the country is gonna support it, fifty percent of the country isn't, and it doesn't even it's not even fifty percent. It's like thirty percent supports it, thirty percent doesn't support it. Like it's like it's just cut up in different percentages. Like 10% likes it, 10% doesn't, 10% is neutral, 10%, you know, could care less. Doesn't really like that's that's really how it's cut down because the country is so different. Like when I go to California, I have I mean the the culture there is so different than the culture here. I literally breathe a sigh of relief when I get back. I get off the plane after arriving from California and I go, oh. because it's so nice to not be in that kind of culture. I just don't like it. You know what I mean? And I think a lot of people they are leaving as well, but it's, it's drastically different. Okay, next deep topic. Uh, <laughs> Connor, KFC sucks. I agree. I think it's the worst in terms of chicken. I think... Canes is the best, then Chick-fil-A, then Slim Chickens. Uh, and again, I'm the chicken CEO. I'm the CEO of chicken. So I can tell you for sure that that is the order that it does go in. All right, next one. Um, and they're and it's so funny because in the deep topic thing, like, they debate each other. So Connor comes in and goes, KFC sucks. And Ethan comes in and goes, you're tripping. And Connor goes, Ah, eh, IDK. I just ate some and have been yakking since. Fucking garbage. Um. Deep topic. Facebook manipulates elders. I agree. I think you mean older people. Uh, I agree with that. Um, yeah, because there's no group of people that's like more influenced by Facebook than old people. It's so funny because they're like the most against social media. But then every old person's like, did you see the article on Facebook when they said that Joe Biden is going to kill people? It said that Trump is murderous. It's like... It, whatever side it is, it's like they are so easily influenced by fake Nobody's influenced by fake news more easily than old people. Old people, 100%. And I'm not even talking about, like, like boomers, yes, like the older boomers, and then into, like, the forgotten generation. They are the most influenced, and it's hilarious. It's actually not because they vote the most, too, and so they, fuck, I mean, it's bad. But anyway, um, deep topic from Armony. Republicans should keep their mouth shut about Biden because they failed us for four years. Yeah, I mean, let Biden, let the, let the Democrats sink their own ship. Let the Democrats sink their own ship. It's going to sink. They're not going to, like I just said, they're not going to get anything done. The pendulum will swing back. It happens every single time. That's why people said, is the country ending with Biden? No. The country's ending. We're in the decadence of late stage. Like, the country's ending. Like, it's just a matter of time. We're on the downward trajectory. It's not looking good for America. But at the same time, it's not going to happen because of Biden. Right, it's already, the, the fucking dominoes have been falling for decades. Um, I mean, if you just look at the historical, like if you look at Rome and the United States, it's, it's pretty clear the United States is failing. Um, okay, next one. This is from... Uh, I'm trying to make sure the camera doesn't go out here. This is from uh, Tanner. Biden isn't a bad president. I don't think he's... Like, again, I don't think he's horrible. I think he's just there. I don't think he's going to get anything done, and I think the pendulum's going to swing back. Um... Deep topic, ordering four-plus sandwiches at a sandwich place is a waste of time and money. Just make it at home. I don't know, dude. When I go to Mr. Goodsense, it slaps. Now, I wouldn't order four, but yeah, I, I agree. Like I'm the, I have become very good at making sandwiches. I can make a very good sandwich. I'm like a woman. I can make a tremendous sandwich. So, you know, I, I do prefer to make my sandwiches at home, but I'm not against going to, like, Jersey Mike's or something like that and grabbing a little sandwich. I will not go to Subway. Subway is fucking disgusting and overpriced. I will not go to Subway. But Jersey Mike's pretty good. Actually, you know what? I think I'm going to get a fucking sandwich after this podcast. After this podcast ends, I'm going to go get a sandwich. It's happening. All right. Um, all right. That's it for the – actually, that's it for the deep topics. So, anyway, we're going to wrap the show there. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. YouTube, Dylan's Daily Show to watch the video podcast, patreon.com slash TSFTPod to get access to awesome features, private Discord server, everything like that. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I appreciate you. See you next week. Bye bye.